WQAQ, broadcasting live from Hamden, Connecticut on WQAQ.com. WQAQ, from the underground up. big combine guy i really don't really i really don't believe in the nfl combine i think that it's at the, the nfl combine is a glorified track meet designed for uh designed for nfl and giving out like uh free adidas like shoes exactly and then, and then again as a pats fan i just i really don't think that you know you know you the Pat, pats find their gems in like the sixth and seventh round you know they, re- they really aren't looking at the nfl combine for their do you believe in like pro days i think pro days are you know that's the individual yeah. It's like the day to like throw it in your in your place. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You have to be invited to the combine, and That's like true. half the time, I feel like players that go to the that don't go to the combine, you know, they, they can still they can still easily become you yeah. know stars in the NFL. But and then like the only other like big news, and <laughs> Will Fowler is gonna kill me, uh, who's currently sitting next to me. So what are you gonna say, buddy? I was waiting for somebody to introduce me and Jacob, so I kept my mouth shut yeah, about the combine. Okay, but... so we have uh, Will Fowler and Jacob Resnick uh, joining us tonight for the show. So, so I sent Jack the, uh, the the show notes, and it's just a blank like doc, and I'm like, we have nothing that's happening unless like you care about the combine and then like soccer. And then Will walks in five minutes ago and goes, "Bro, El Clasico is this Dude, weekend." It w- I'm s- I feel so disrespected. It was a he was maybe one of the biggest soccer weekends of the year. All right, but but Jack, Jack knows almost, knows next to nothing outside of probably playing FIFA. So the three of also talked and about it. Jack, me, sit this me, one out, buddy. Uh, no, what? no, I also don't really know. Like I like I know what El Clasico is. Like, I I named you the the big six uh, stadiums. Yeah, I was impressed. So like I know a little bit, but again, that's like my knowledge of playing FIFA and like playing like I think I was like FIFA like sixteen maybe. Wow. So I, I never I fun. never played was, FIFA. Is, is that, that, is that the, the one show? where where everyone is like obsessed with the soundtrack of FIFA 16? Oh, I personally am. I still listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. Okay, it was a good one. Uh, objectively, it was a great soundtrack. No, the best. Song, and also, FIFA went downhill from there after 16, so you're not missing out. All right, sweet. Yeah, the, the, the best song I've ever heard on FIFA was oof. The song with like Lil Wayne and Flo Rida. It was in like it was in like 12 FIFA yeah. 12. Like thirteen, one of those like really uh, old games, but yeah, like there there really isn't much happening in the world of sports, so we're no. kind of just like stuck in this lull. But on the bright side, we have spring break next week, and then once you come back, it's Selection Sunday. We do have so spring break, and on. we have Selection Sunday, which is which I guess is a, is a big deal. Well, I mean, it's we a all huge deal. I mean, yeah, it's a huge. We had some. We had a huge, uh, huge upset this week in the, in college basketball. Oh, Duke. Yeah, Duke went Oof. down, and then BYU defeated. Stanford? Am I am I totally tripping? I think you're right. Well, wouldn't they have probably St. Mary's? Wouldn't it have been a conference, a team in the conference? Yeah, that would make more sense, right? Yeah. And then of course uh, Quinnipiac, they were able yes, to close sir. their season out on a win against Marist. Thank God. So uh, they're they're heading to uh, they're heading to Atlantic City next week to uh, for the MAC tournament, as well as the women. So uh, we're we're looking forward to that. I know, I know that uh, I myself will not be attending the uh the games but we have uh, a plethora of, of good student journalists heading down there absolutely brian schwartz chris uh chris stacy will not be going but john Surratt will be going who do you got who do you got going down uh well i'm going first oh will Ooh, fowler's um, going will oh fowler. my goodness <laughs> you guys, on campus out here. i'll give you guys the inside scoop when i'm down there uh it's us it's ross meglin who i don't think is in wqaq but good guy no um, nor is he in q30 no andrew myers is yep. going for us oh yeah Love and andrew uh myers. the legend liz flynn Oh, of course. Of those, so. How could you not have Liz Flynn taking photos for, for, for a basketball game? You Jake. know what's funny is when we had the e-board meeting about this and we had, like, the slots on the board, We that's how we filled it out for all yeah. the playoff teams. It was like we sat all sat together and, like, filled it in as we went. I had Liz Liz written down before I had myself written down. Yeah. Like, that was such a shoe in That yeah. was like, those, yeah, Liz Flynn. The funny thing about Liz Flynn is when we're talking about these assignments and who we're going to send to write or, or, or broadcast or, or take photos – 
you know. Jacob's also on eBoard. I, I am. I, I'm the junior member of eBoard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you are under Tom Krasnowski. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're, they're level. Don't, uh, don't tell Tom. <laughs> but um, no, like when there's a spot for photos and Liz is like, like, would it be okay if I go shoot? Yes, please. Like, like, Liz, like, like do Liz, it. You, you don't have to ask us. I literally had to tell her, Liz, be selfish. Like, take what you want. <laughs> You, you are the the photographer. Please, I have, please go I, take photos. I've only been to New Jersey a select a select amount of times. You're not missing out on much. Hey, I, my grandmother, yeah, my grandmother lives in New Jersey. We have Thanksgiving there, uh, you know, every other year or something like that. So like, I don't, we don't, I don't go down too often. But Atlantic City is supposed to be like a pretty pretty big uh, pretty big tourist attraction. I've been there once, and it was a uh, a good time. Hundred twenty dollars down later, and uh, <laughs> back big here casino, in, big casino city. Yeah. <laughs> Not good for the wild, though. That, that's the biggest problem that I have with the land city. All but right. Regardless, we have uh, a lot of, I mean, not really any hot topics, but we have uh, some trivia coming up later on in the show that we're going to hop right into. But I think we got to just run the intro. We should run the intro, and then we're going to get right into it. Yeah, all right. Here we go. Let's get it. You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. We're on to Cincinnati. Training in this country, it's over. On 98.1 WQAQ. You believe in miracles? Yes! It's out of here! Bartolo has done it! The soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Welcome to the Mac and Main Show. You are listening to 98.1 WQAQ. Jack Main, Steve McAvoy, Jacob Resnick, and Will Fowler are here joining us tonight. Uh, as Steve kind of said, we don't really have a ton of new sports topics to talk about unless you are a big spring training geek, which the four of us are, uh, or you're a fan of soccer, which Will is and yes, Jacob is. Well, I wait, think, hold on. We'll talk about Jake. No, I was just going to say, I um, I flipped on in the media suite today the uh, the Angels-Cubs spring training game, right. and I think at least three people said to me, why are you watching that? <laughs> I mean, it is. It is baseball. honestly. There's baseball on. We hit it. We hit the same lull last year. We were, you know, the Mac and Main show was just a was just a baby show last year when when uh, when, when it was March, and we had to be very creative with our segments. I remember <laughs> we were like, it would the AAF was the big thing last year it, around it, this town. It was so bad because it was like th- three or four weeks in, and I was like, dude, this show's gonna flop. And he goes, why? And I'm like, well, the biggest thing that I have to talk about is the Westminster Dog Show. You keep saying that. You keep <laughs> it, saying hey, that. It is a staple of this show that when there's a dog a show, I report about it. You it disrespect has to you disrespecting Westminster, bro? No. It's the only guy who, who, who likes English. I mean, we just we just overanalyzed everything about spring training last year. We were completely wrong because we both said that um, that the Dodgers were probably going to win the World Series, and then the freaking Nationals come out and pull it out. We we said that the Mets were finally going to have a, a a year where they would make it to the playoffs. The Nationals also had the worst the worst bullpen ERA in baseball going into the playoffs, and still managed to pull it off. They did so still manage to pull again, it off. Again, man, anything's possible. I don't think course, anyone. I don't think anyone believed that. Nationals were going to win the World Series. I don't think anyone, the final out yeah. I don't think anyone believed the Nationals were going to make the playoffs without Bryce Harper. And I then, mean, he, and because I mean, also the, the other thing about last year was that the free agency, MLB free agency, was so slow again. It was yeah. Manny Machado yeah, and Bryce true. Harper waited until like three but weeks into spring training. But also, sign. at the very least, though, that provided us news. So we were able to talk about it where now it's the best remaining free agent is like, who, Jose Iglesias, maybe? No, Jose Iglesias on the Orioles. Oh, Yasiel Puig. Puig. is the yeah. last remaining free agent that is worth noting. Will is scrolling through Twitter right now trying to find content, I assume. Mm, well, half and half, yeah. <laughs> well, all right, hold on. So, so here's some content. We're the Mac um, and Main talk show tonight. Yeah, essentially. So, <laughs> my, so my first bit of content was we always talk about um, – so, so I'm an avid golfer, and we, we always talk about – When um, have you golfed? I always golf. I've never heard you talk about golf. I golfing. have golfed with my grandfather since I was a little kid going to Florida, and I had golf uh, lessons a while back, and – um, my teacher said, "What did you pl- did you play baseball?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, you swing like you're playing baseball," and I was like, "Well, well, that isn't necess- that isn't like a bad thing." And I think uh, Mike Trout and Cody Bellinger proved it last night. Uh, the LA folk went out to uh, Top Golf and they were hitting moonshots into the stratosphere oh playing golf. If you watch these videos, they are absolutely hilarious. Like Cody Bellinger will just sit there and be like, "You see it off the tee." And it's like I, I, I like I lost the ball in three seconds. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know where the hell it went, but it's somewhere way gone. And it was great because everyone around them just was like so down, just yeah. going crazy. Yeah, well, I, I think the ball just kept 
like it, it hasn't like, landed yet. It's not just that it disappeared. It just kept going up and up and up. <laughs> and it was... Uh, well, part of yeah. it is that the lights only shine yeah, yeah, like yeah. so low onto the field so that, you know, as soon as the ball gets above the light line, it's, you know, it, it's gone forever. The big question is, though, what's still traveling? The balls that Mike Trout and Cody Bellinger hit or the home run that Liam Scott Ferrello hit oh. uh, against ECU <laughs> a while back? Good. Or, that, or that, Vladdy that, Jr.'s the other day. Dude, oh, oh Vlad Jr. hit also was rocket. Well, no, the Vlad Jr. Uh, BP home run that he hit in Double A New Hampshire, I think, is still better than what mm-hmm. he hit the other day. Yeah, he hit the top of the lights, didn't he? Yeah, that, yeah, 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 he hit the top the, of the lights. Well, standard in there. Is that yeah, that's, that's I, I, friend. I'm, I'm heard. I've heard that. I've heard that if you hit the the light standard, just like the base of it, you've hit it pretty far. Is that when quality? you when you hit the top of the light, that is that is very good. So so I've been told. Yes, he was 19 when he did that too. Yeah. Dude, like that we are older than him, and he was hitting balls into the light standard. Dude, isn't, isn't that a smack in the face, dude? Oh my God, what That's are you doing we, with your life? No, oh. no, I think the bigger smack in the face was what was when I was a freshman. Connor McDavid was, was was drafted into the NHL, and he was my age. And I said, this guy's scoring forty goals a year, and I'm studying English one. And I am a hundred thousand dollars in debt at the Quinnipiac University. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, so you know what? I think we can kind of start the show. It's seven fourteen all already so we can kind of shoot uh around a little bit here but quinnipiac athletics as a whole where we kind of stand uh, we we never really talk about it and i think it's something that at least our local listeners in the hands and area can kind of appreciate how this how the university did that before was a 10 how the sports teams are doing so jack what are your thoughts on uh the current state of quinnipiac athletics well i mean we are we are currently in that transition period where yep. we are starting to slowly end winter sports and we are working our way into spring sports jacob is starting his beat with baseball i am um, i am ending my beat with basketball starting up with softball here both teams are currently struggling softball and baseball baseball finally got their first win at virginia military institute uh, game one of a three-game series this past weekend at what was it a 10-3 win is Henry win? Something like that. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Sounds they, good. They were. They Some had, they had been struggling. What are they? They are like they are one and eight to start their season. Yep. Not very good. The yeah, softball team also has not won a game yet. There's always a struggle uh, in out of conference games for both sides. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a thing for the last four years. So. so we're we're in that we're in that transition period as men's basketball and women's basketball. They are going to, to Atlantic City next Tuesday to start their rounds. The women's hockey their season just ended this past weekend at Princeton. I was that was a nail biter. Uh, Will Will was kind enough to send me <laughs> to Princeton to cover the game for QBSN. Uh, they got smacked in game one, losing five to one. Just a just a just not a great game. Uh, and then in game two, it was a thriller in overtime. And then game three was another thriller in double overtime. So uh, really one heck of a one heck of a, uh, of a week for, for Quinnipiac Athletics, the men's ice hockey team. They defeated Yale 5-0. They were able to secure the first round by heading into their playoffs. That will be taking place not this coming weekend, but the following yep. weekend. Uh, they will be taking on RPI in the first round. No, so no. it's going to depend yeah. on uh, seeding. They're going to take on the second highest seed of the bunch that wins. So... Dartmouth might win, in which case the uh, the Harvard's probably going to beat St. Lawrence. It's yeah, it's kind of a shoe win. So if Dar- so two wins all year. If Dartmouth beats uh, Princeton, they'll play Dartmouth. If Dartmouth loses, they'll play Yale. If is they it, win, because Harvard's five right now. Yeah, and Dartmouth is six, and then Yale is seven. Yeah, yeah and so, so they do the they do this realignment thing after the first round, which I personally I love it. Um, I have mixed feelings, but overwhelmingly I love it. And if either Dartmouth or Harvard lose their series. Then Yale would come to Hampton for a three-game series. If, if Yale wins against if, if Yale uh, wins, against yeah. Brown, but yeah. assuming things go chalk, it'll probably end up being Dartmouth, which yeah. I think will actually end up happening, mm-hmm. uh, because the ECAC has been such a top-heavy league the whole year, right. where it's the top five teams and then everybody else. I mean, give or take. I mean, RPI kind of kind of came out of came out of nowhere in the last weekend, but right. between St. Lawrence, Princeton, Brown, and maybe I guess you can I guess you could say could say Colgate. It's kind of just like bottom tier six wins across all three of the teams, so it's tough down there. This but is where I wish we had uh, Pappas and T Crow here because they would be able to they would be able to break it down for you. You know, you know, in, in the ins and outs of just about every single team. I, I, I think you need to do a show where you get every single member of student media in the studio at the same at time. At the same time, five minute clips. Everybody, five minute clips. I think we should just like uh, like sit down, like speed dating almost. Like well, give us your like, best. It's like King of the Hill. If you can get to the microphone, you get to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's almost like um, th- we'll have them ask us questions like we're uh, 
like uh, my Francesca will look like, like fielding questions. <laughs> that would be a show and a half. Long time caller, first time on air. <laughs> hey, Mike, how you doing? First time, long time. Uh, first time, long time. Is this Will Fowler's first time on the Mac and Main show? It uh, is. It is. It is. is. Dang. My first time getting one of those sick baseball card edits on Twitter. Yeah, oh, well, you, you know what? That so was something that, that was Steve's best idea. Those are tough. I like Whoa, that. Well, my, my best idea. Yeah, that was your best idea. I've had some pretty good ideas. Uh, that was your yeah, best. That was kind of backhanded. Not going to lie. I, cr- <laughs> I created the Blitz on the show, which is huge. Excuse we we uh, both we both had the idea for the blitz. Sure. Okay. Whatever you say. All right. Regardless, I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to acknowledge you on that one. Will, I don't think. I think I created the blitz. Well, just to quiet down, Jack, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, Champions League right now and what where we currently sit, how uh, El Clasico went as you're our resident soccer guy. So this was a huge weekend and really a week. Um, obviously, El Clasico, like you said, uh, it, it was. It wasn't really an El Clasico like we're used to seeing. Um, to keep it very simple, there were a few injuries all around. Um, obviously, Barcelona no Luis Suarez, who is their out-and-out striker. Uh, he was he was sidelined. Um, Real Madrid couldn't play Eden Hazard, who they signed for north of 100 million euros over the summer. Um, so it didn't feel like a, like, a, like, a, like a, a typical traditional Clasico, just in the sense that we saw a lot of players who um, were were more so fighting for, for more playing time as opposed to the best of the best, cream of the crop, going mm-hmm. toe-to-toe with, at, uh, at the Bernabeu. That being said, it was a great game. Um, the first time these two teams played uh, at Barcelona's place, it ended 0-0. Uh, that's not to say there weren't any chances on either side, but this time we, we got some scoring. Real Madrid ended up winning uh, 2-0. I think the, the biggest moment of the game was at the very, very end. Mariano, who's a 19-year-old, um, I believe, winger, either a winger or a fullback, um, regardless, he got subbed on in the 91st minute, scored in the 92nd, which is cool to see. Instant mm-hmm. impact. Um, so Real Madrid, and that win put Real Madrid back to the top of La Liga. Uh, Champions League's been nuts because, uh, I guess, again, to, to put it into, into American terms, I don't know how many soccer fans you guys have listening, so I'm trying to keep this yeah. in, in the American lane. Um, basically, the way that the Champions League round of 16 works is that if you, if you won your group in the group stage, you play against a runner-up. In the, from the group stage because right. it's, it's eight groups of four there's a top two teams advance um, and this year especially it felt like all of the group winners were significantly better than the group runners up there wasn't anywhere uh, where you really saw a group runner up who could make it ch- take a chance at, at knocking over uh, one of the group winners it was it was straight chalk across the board and we saw uh, Juventus lose to Lyon we saw um, Barcelona tie with Napoli um, we saw a bunch of results across the board that really were completely unexpected with the exception of Bayern Munich stomping Chelsea. That was probably the one expected result Thanks. we got. Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> um, but no, and, and so I think we're going to have a really, really exciting second leg now coming up because what happens is now they, they flip, basically. So yeah, the first leg is always at the runner-ups field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second leg is at whoever won the group, their field, so they go back. And so Juventus is going to get a chance to reverse the tie against Lyon at their place. And Barcelona is going to get a chance to beat Napoli at the new camp. And so um, I think a lot of a lot of European soccer fans were were looking at the first leg before it happened, and were kind of upset with how it had played out because it seemed like every every group winner was going to run away with it. But we're going to see a lot of really interesting ties uh, in this in the second leg, which I believe um, is not this week, but it starts next Tuesday. We'll have those games. It's going to be a very exciting time in Champions League soccer. I know uh, for me playing FIFA, I have my friends <laughs> breathing down my neck saying, "Dude, this is crazy." I'm like, "I don't really know what you're talking about." Uh, just in, in some other simple uh, sports news, Duke is currently losing to NC State, wow. 15 to 10, with uh, 11 minutes left in the first. If Duke loses again, that's going to be the first time I think they've lost back-to-back uh, games and have fallen out of the top 10. That, this, this is the first time, time, time they've fallen out, the, fallen out of the top 10 in like I think like three or four years. Uh, if they end up losing this, they're going to drop it, drop it even deeper. So in college basketball, there's a lot of things. Uh, molding right now. And can I just say, shout out Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, yeah. What a season it's been for them, just starting in the top, I think I believe they started the season like 11th or in the poll or yeah. somewhere around there. And the three guys who had gone to the draft, they're, they're still, for some reason, I, I've been wanting to get this take off my chest. Have, haven't the Virginia Cavaliers done enough in the last three years to, to shake the criticism of they don't play fun? Like, like they, they play defense-first, team-oriented basketball, and they won a national championship. They've won two ACC regular seasons. They've won an ACC tournament all in the last three years, and people are still attacking them for, quote, playing boring. Like, have they not proved enough to you that they deserve the right to play whoever they want? I saw someone make the comment on Twitter, like, 
if you're a 17 year old you know getting heavily recruited by major college programs why would you want to go play for dude, virginia and i clapped oh, back at was like yeah maybe if you like to win yeah and to i was like defending national champions uh, one of the best coaches in the country an excellent facility a great fan base and s- like 70 wins in the last three years i think it's a pretty good pitch not to mention amongst the top schools in college basketball if you're gonna get, get if you want a quality education virginia is kind of what exactly go. exactly so you're not really there's no downside to it, uh, downside to going to Virginia whatsoever. Maybe unless there's like fam- like family ties or other things going on. Yeah. But I'm just happy to see them doing well. I just wanted yeah. to say that. Of course, no, <laughs> I, I, I totally hear that, Jack. I want to bring you back in here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm finalizing my trivia questions. Oh, How are you? Have? I only have three. Yeah. I have three. I have four. Don't worry. Okay. We're good. We're good. So, awesome. Awesome. can I just mention real quick? Go ahead. Are we going to move off college basketball? Because I just want to yeah, mention. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I kind of want. I kind of want to talk about the NBA because that's like the only other okay. sport I think the four of us can really. Yeah. One one college basketball storyline before yeah, we, we get off that. Yep. Kevin Marfo made a three pointer. Yes, oh my goodness. <laughs> and Dude, Kevin, Kevin Marfo. What about Kevin Marfo? Leading rebounder in the nation, hit his first three pointer. That's all I wanted to say. Career game number seventy-seven. That goes back to his first year at George Washington. Made his first career three pointer. He is the reason why this men's basketball team is treading water right now. He's the only reason. Absolutely. Well, and the fact that that Rich Kelly's averaging what I think like sixteen points a game. Yeah. My counter to you: the only reason why Rich Kelly gets his open looks from deep is because defenses still have to respect Marfo under the rim. That's true. If they didn't have Marfo, Kelly be getting double teamed every possession. But also, it's it's it it goes back back to the idea, and and if you notice, Rich Kelly has an off day from deep or an off day in general, they lose. Right. It's and it's that idea of. Even though they're a three-point oriented team, the fact the fact that they have somebody so dominant down low mm-hmm. that that you almost it's either it's either you're doubling one or you're doubling the other, and honestly at this point you might as well just double Kelly and let uh, let Marfo get get his second chances because right. obviously the two is uh, is is weaker than the three in the way we're playing basketball now. But I think that it is, I think it's one of the most impressive stats for Kevin Marfo to be averaging to be to be leading the nation. In oh, rebounds insane, per yeah. game, I think that like, and he's only six eight. He's not an overwhelmingly yeah. physical. And figure. when I talk to when I talk to Pappas and when I talk to other guys about Kevin, why Kevin Marfo is able to lead the nation in rebounds, they say it's because he plays in the MAC conference. Well, wrong. Well, if you even if you look at the out of conference games, he still pulled down fourteen against Miami, which is a top team in the nation. He still pulled down you know ten twelve against the uh, the other out of conference teams. I think that Kevin Marfo really is just that talented of a basketball player. And you know what else is like that argument immediately gets shot down. The argument of he only has good stats because he plays against weak competition. Because the second best rebounder in the entire country is John Mooney, who plays Notre center Dame. for Notre Dame in the ACC. So and yeah. also that, that's one of the best also, in the country. If the MAC was so easy, Quinnipiac would be undefeated right now. It's not. Teams are right. very exactly. good, scrappy. Coaches are really good. Not, um, not to mention, in, in every out of conference game, Kevin Marfo pulled down at least ten boards. Right, he's got one game exactly with with yeah, not he, the yeah he has one game with less, and that was eight against Iona uh, at home. And that was yeah. I remember that game. I remember that game. Well, what did he end up with averaging? Was it was it twelve point eight? So he's averaging right now 13, 13 three, I think. I thought that was he had fifteen yesterday. Yeah, thirteen two. Thirteen two. Thirteen two. He ended the season at thirteen two. The guy, the guy's aver- the guy's they got one more away game. He's averaging ten and thirteen. Like it, it, he's a rock solid guy yeah. down low. Honestly, <laughs> I think I haven't seen. And again, like Will said, he's only six. He's only six eight, but he's a massive right. presence. Like he's gigantic. Yeah. Like uh, like as a, I. I I don't want to compare him to Zion, but but I, nor nor should you. But, but Zion Williamson coming out in terms of his physicality in college basketball, like the the definition of his muscles, the way he plays, his size down low. They're both it, very smart. Right? Yeah, they're yeah. both in very smart down low, and, and yeah, and stuff. just physicality in general. There aren't many guys that are six foot eight and are as massively built as he is. Right, right. So I'm glad you said positioning because he always, always. The reason why he has so many rebounds, he always secures the weak side. Yeah, and he's never, he's never called for any violations. Right. Like yeah. he doesn't over the back. He's never called for an over the back. He's never called for three seconds in the paint. Like he's a smart basketball player. And the fact that he is now essentially running the point for yeah. like half their possessions. Yeah, true. Like, are you serious? Like that guy. That's the kind of guy that any player would want on their team. Yeah. Well, to the point that Will you made before about. The passing, 
Jacob, oh, Rigoni, Jacob Rigoni's buzzer beater against Fairfield would not, Mar- would not have happened if Marfo didn't make that yeah. fantastic pass. And that was because the defense collapsed on him. And that's been, it's the same story all season. He is such a skilled passer. Nobody yeah. notices because he averages 13 plus rebounds, but right. he is such a good passer for us. It also helps when you're shooting just below 50% from the field. So it shows that you're a smart presence down low and knowing what shot right. to take and knowing when to pass it out. Right. right. So he's, he's honestly invaluable. And, My- the, and the fact that, that there's another year with him. It's gonna be huge this year. Yeah, this the, the duo of uh, of Kelly and Marfo is is one more year. Oh, yeah. I did make the very bold claim of saying that the men's basketball team in the near future will win a March Madness game. I, I said that on Bobcat Breakdown. What was it like a little less than a month ago? Yeah. Jacob's laughing at me. Was that the same episode where you said Abby Ives? Wasn't I have the, only uh, been on Bobcat top. Breakdown once, okay. and I have made two claims that say <laughs> Abby Ives not a top three player on the women's ice hockey team. Okay. I stand. Oh, I stand by that. I stand by that. Four goals in one period against Princeton. That's not gonna fly. Six and Quinnipiac's ten. And then how how WIs do in the two games after? <laughs> she did Bro, pretty well. Like, pretty good. She did pretty well. Good. Pretty two well. goals in four and a half periods in game three, and then one goal in a full game in game two. Like that's very selective. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, exactly. I, I understand that. I understand that you can make the, that. It's easy to say that Abby Ives is a top three player on that team, but it, at the time, I remember she had just let in. She just like the the game before she had let in. A gal, like three in one period against Princeton that same weekend. She was not doing, she was just kind of in that like lull. She was named ECAC goalie of the week twice this year, yeah. but that was when they were still playing out of conference games. They're still, so like now they're, now they're back to playing, you know, the, 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 the top teams in the ECAC, you know, Princeton and, and, uh, and Cornell and Harvard, right. you know, they're, those are the those are the teams that are going to run the table against Quinnipiac. Is Quinnipiac, you know, losing four to one against Yale at home? Like you can't be you can't be losing four to one against Yale, right. you know, the, in those in those games. Anyway, I kind of but my closing argument here before we before we take a break or, or transition to our next topic here, uh, the attendance rates at the People's United Center for basketball games in general, disgusting, sucks. Yeah, it is terrible. I think that the school, Judy, if you're listening, which I know you're not, <laughs> but Judy, if you're listening, actually, I just saw a picture on Twitter of Judy in the podcast studio yeah. in CC. So. Judy, if you're listening, <laughs> maybe we're I, all listening. I know that you went to the game on Friday night. Who did they play on Friday night? I was there. Friday night was. I was there. That was, night, that was the day I ripped my pants. Oh, and yeah, I that was you. a women. No, that was a men's. That was men's. Uh, that was men's. Colgate, one of those two. It was the same day as the Yale game. Oh. Uh, Rand Pecknold was there. They played Marist. was Sunday. They played. Friday was Saturday. No, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. No, they wouldn't have played Friday basketball. It was Friday night. It was Friday. It was Friday night. No, because I was. It was They played no. Yeah, because I was on the They call played Marist on March 1st. It was March 1st. That was yesterday. What was the game before that? Siena at home. That was Wednesday. That was Wednesday. 226. It was, it was a women's game. Was it a women's game? It, it must have been a women's, women's game. game. Oh, yes, it was. It was because it was a 2 o'clock game. Yeah. Okay. The attendance at basketball games is terrible. The school needs to promote our basketball teams like they can like they promote our hockey team right. when they make posters for the hockey team when they make posters with bon giovanni and tufto on them and they're like yeah everyone like hold these up post these on your door do that for basketball because the people's united center is probably the best sports arena in new england it's quite possibly the best facility in the max slash i think it at, ECAC, i'd say not that it's a huge. I've been point. to a lot of them. So I would argue. I would argue that Times Union Center in Albany is better. All right, but th- that's also. But that's a, a professional arena. Yeah, yeah. A professionally ran arena is way different. So like, right. Like the argument, the argument can be made. Sacred Heart has the best arena in the Atlantic Hockey, but they play at a pro well, yeah, arena. That's, that's true. So again, so, like solely operated privately. I we have the best. We have the best arena, and we are we're filling up what like three full sections. All right, look, How so, many people? Sorry, make you go. You can go. So here, here's my issue, and this is something as a uh, a spirit representative of the university. Um, my problem is the fact that, and this goes back to the fact that yeah, Quinnipiac and Yale, huge rivalry, but no one cares about it except for us. Yale students can give less of a crap about it. You go, yeah. you go to Yale, and oh, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. On, <laughs> the people who are at games at Yale are, are, are usually alumni, right. older folks who. Just want it, who I've seen tickets. Who like we're not seeing the New Haven like community yeah. come out. Oh, it's because Yale cares about Harvard and Cornell and the yeah. Ivies. Yeah. And the biggest thing is, is that that if you notice, and Steve Papa said it uh, when when QUB Cornell, number one teams come to die in Hamden. Why yeah. is that? Because they marketed out Cornell and they marketed out Yale. Yale hasn't won here since 2011. I understand. Yes, they won a national championship in 2013. They've won on the road, but in Hamden, they have not won a game since 2011. Cornell. Huge game this past season. The absolute 
dominance. 5-0. Last, last year, Boston College ended up not being a great team, but was still a very mm-hmm. high-quality team beginning of the year. Also beat them 2-1. to one. Forgot about that game. That was a huge game. That was the other biggest game last year. Besides because, UMass? Yeah, but, well... Who lost here for nothing? Yeah. And even then, <laughs> yes, UMass. So, if we treated our basketball teams like our hockey teams... Right. We would be all, all over the place. And honestly, and I've talked to people who are alumni of 2011, 2012, 2013, what got basketball to kind of die was the fact that Quinnipiac rose as a program starting in 20, 2012. In 20, I think 10 or 11, Quinnipiac played a, a play-in game to the NCAA tournament against Robert Morris, and the place was loaded. If you look at photos from that game, every single seat in the house was filled. The reason why was that, that, that the hockey team wasn't as heavily promoted, and the basketball team was, that was the big thing at, at the time. The hockey team was kind of eh, 50-50. And even then, they lost that game to Robert Morris. They ended up going to the tournament and losing first round to like Duke that year because they, like they were like a 15 or a 16 seed. But even then, like the fact that hockey is so big here is the reason why basketball has declined right. so much. Right. I just think that you know we have all of our all of our Division One sports that are up that are up, that are up at the bank: women's, men's hockey, and basketball. They are all broadcasted on ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. yeah. and it is embarrassing for the university for when those games are broadcasted nationally, like for a, for a wide audience to see. It is embarrassing to see our arenas barely right. sold out. It's embarrassing to see the traveling team bring more fans than our student section consistently who, who don't even have to pay to go to the game like are, like those sienna parents that showed up on on wednesday night they rolled deep they 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 drove three hours on a wednesday night one way paid for a ticket and watched their team beat our beat quinnipiac and we had what four students right. in our student section that's Tough, embarrassing right. That's just flat-out embarrassing. And our men's basketball team is entertaining. We have the top rebounder in the nation. We have a possible MAC player of the year in Rich Kelly. Like, we have an exciting team to watch, and they don't want to come out. That's just that's embarrassing and for again, the school. And it boils down to the fact that, that if you were to fill that arena, just the students' section alone, and you were doing chants, and you are getting in players' heads, and you were doing things at the free-throw line, this team could easily not be, what, 9-7? Nine and, nine and 9-10 and ten in conference right not, now. Nine, per, it's even worse. Yeah. They could easily be a 13, 14, 15 win team. Right. Yeah, I just think that I think that the school needs to work on getting students like to the game because they want to go, not because they feel like right. they have to go. But also, alternative problem, and this is this is what I see as somebody who isn't necessarily a part of student media when it comes to going to men's hockey games, just because that's just where I am. Is people will a leave midway through, through the second period because they want to go out because we're because we're a partying school, and there will be. Because of, because our school is so is so contingent on health science students, which makes up like fifty five percent of the overall population, mm-hmm. I see students that are doing homework at hockey games, and hockey is the biggest sport here. The fact that people are aren't even invested in that, I I remember there's a girl uh, in my organization who asked me, uh, first week of school, um, why do people sit at hockey games? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I went to a school that had the worst football team in the state of New Jersey, and and if you sat down, you'd be like blacklisted at a game. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is high school football for the worst team in the state of New Jersey. Why isn't it the same thing at a school yeah. here with a top 10 hockey program? How many students, we have, what, 7,000 undergrad? How many of them yeah. you think can, can tell you confidently that women's basketball is back-to-back-to-back conference champion? I'd, I would say less than 1,000. Yeah. How, I, many can, how many can tell you that the women's hockey team actually played a playoff series this weekend against Princeton? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I think that I, I really do. Like when we have a state of the art arena, pro- probably the best in the MAC, probably the best in the ECAC, and and you know, quite possibly the best in all of New England for a Division One program. It's embarrassing for us to have games on ESPN and not have and have the traveling team bring more fans than our fan base. I think, and maybe this, this is just my way I see things. And I liked your point about people doing homework because it's um, true it's horrible i feel like when you're an underclassman first years and sophomores um you might be more inclined to to go to go be more involved in it because you have um and you have less work less things going on you have more time to go to games yeah but you're living on main campus not that that's a big huge thing but it's it is a thing to get wait for the shuttle go up and get the shuttle coming back it's it's a thing and then once you are an upperclassman and you're living on on york hill 
um, you have more going on in your life, and you don't really have the time to dedicate to a Wednesday night, you know, women's basketball game or something like that. Um, so it doesn't really match up. I think if if the arena had been built on main campus, which where would you put it? Right. I think maybe you'd end up yeah. seeing more people. Now that said, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I know it's not like the same comparison because one's in the Big East and one's in the MAC, but. Seton Hall fills up the Prudential Center every single basketball game, and that's a bus ride to, to Newark. It's yeah. a bus ride into Newark, you know. And I get that you're playing Nova and Creighton and not Siena and Fairfield, but it's it's a comparison that deserves to be drawn. Not to mention also, and and I I have, I have a friend who goes to Sacred Heart. They don't even offer shuttling to Webster uh, Bank. W- w- yeah, you got to drive yourself to the arena, pay for the parking there as a student, which yeah, it's discounted, but you're paying for your own tra- transport right. to that arena. And it's what probably a 10 15 minute drive and they actually fill that basketball that hockey arena better at times than most schools that we would be able to do in a basketball game yeah all right we would love to keep talking about this but <laughs> we have to take a short break but when we come back we are playing major league baseball trivia you are listening to 98.1 wqaq Century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just can't. This soundtrack of Quinnipiac, Jack Maine, Stephen McAvoy, Will Fowler, and Jacob Resnick. This is a stacked show, but we have 20 minutes. We're gonna do some MLB. Trivia. Yes, we are. A lot going on. Uh, I have questions from the Yankees Red Sox rivalry. You guys have mm. questions about the Mets, Red Sox, everything. So let's uh, do it. Are we doing this like team oriented? Yes. So the way that I have this planned out in my head is that uh, first of all, we need we all need to state our allegiances. So I am uh, Jack Maine, diehard Boston Red Sox fan since nineteen ninety nine. Four four World Championships in twenty years. Not a big deal. Uh, and then uh, to my to my right, I have. Uh, my name is. Uh, why am I saying my name? I've been on the show for forty minutes. Hi, my name I is. am a. I am a fan of the twenty-seven-time World Series champion New York Yankees, even though they haven't won it since two thousand nine. Even though the Yankees haven't won a World Series, well, they've since won two thousand nine. No, sorry, no, no, no. The number right. is they've only won I think ten World Series in the uh, full slated thirty team. No, at least Dude, 16, I already made fun you know, of myself. All right, we don't have a ton of time here. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm just, I'm just being uh, me. Uh, <laughs> hi guys, uh, Stephen McAvoy, first time, long time. Uh, <laughs> fan of the New York Mets since uh, been, been suffering since 20, 2003. Uh, yeah, yeah, about, about 2003. Uh, been one, suffering since Adam Wayne, Adam Wainwright's curveball hit the. I've only ever seen one World Series appearance, and I watched Omar Infante dance on the mound. <laughs> Bad time. I was crying the ride home. <laughs> and my name is Jacob Resnick, and I am also. Unfortunately, a New York Mets fan. Go follow him on Twitter. He, doesn't have, he doesn't have enough followers. Most followers are Quinnipiac. Right. All right, so uh, Will and I are going to team up because yes, we sir. are uh, Red Sox, Yankees, never get to be on the same team. But Will and I are going to team up because we want to ask you guys questions about the Mets. We want you guys to ask us questions about the Red Sox and Yankees rivalry or just the teams individually. So we'll keep track of points that way. I think we every everyone individually came up with their own questions. Yeah. This is just for fun. This is not in place of our Jeopardy night, which will happen later in the semester. So um, well, I should be like Steve and I play rock, paper, scissors, see who goes first. Let's just, uh, you know what, we'll give you as the ball. Ball's in your court. All right, all right. Do you want it? Do you have uh, you have questions ready to go? Yeah, I got three. All right. You can you can address either either of them. You can address them together. I, it's up to you. Team game. I got. Yeah. I, I got. I'm gonna just get it going by giving Jacob the hardest question I have. Because <laughs> Jacob's the guru. Of Jacob him. knows for, everything. For those about of you that. listening, it's all right. It's, all right. It, it's not to the point that, I, has, that you can ask him anything from the, the 06 on season for the Mets. And if he knows M-E-T-S that. is in the is in the word anywhere in the word. Jacob has <laughs> read the word. Uh, two, I think, is is not that difficult. One, I think, is like iffy, but three, I'm pretty confident. Right, in. I want to start with. Know. Let's go work our no, way back. No, give three. Okay. When was the last year that the Mets won outright the season series against the Yankees? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good question, and I have absolutely no idea. Now you're going to guess? I'm not going to guess. I don't know. Did the Mets and Yankees play every year? Every year. Every year. Was it in... I'm going to go out on a limb and say this past year of 2019. No, I, I believe would, the Yankees won that 
three one. I maybe split. I, I feel like it's. It was I would say in the eighties. I'm gonna go. Oh wait, no, buddy, oh, wait. buddy. No, Interleague play started in 1997. <laughs> oh, sooner than oh wait. Fun mm. fact: Do you know who won the very first Yankees Mets game? New York Mets. What was the score? <sighs> the score? Yeah. I was only know it, was it a shutout? It was. Yeah. Dave Malicki threw a shutout <laughs> against the Yankees. See, see, see what I mean? The Mets. I don't know how much. It was six nothing. Mets beat the Yankees. They played that on Mets Classics. I, I did not know that. The answer, do you know the last time the Mets beat the Yankees in the season series? Mm, well, I said 08, um, but, you said, but you said sooner than I, 08. I don't like these type of questions. 2013? It was 2013. Nicely done. Mets wow, won the series 3-1. For a horrible team, let the Mets to do that? That's a shocker. All right. Well, I mean, to be fair, right. you guys are 0 for 7 in the last seven years. No one needs to know that. All right. okay. Jake, are we, Jake, you go ahead. We're running out of time. All right. <laughs> I am going to start things off with a Boston Red Sox trivia question for... Mr. Jack Mann. Um, let's see. Who was the last pitcher to lead the Boston Red Sox in wins above replacement in a single season? To lead this the team? So the last few years, obviously, it's been Mookie Betts. Right. Before that was Dustin Pedroia. Oh, okay. Before that was Jacoby Ellsbury. Um, then I think it was Pedroia before that. Okay, the last so the pitcher last to pitcher? lead the Red Sox in wins. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, I would. I, th- I feel like it's definitely in the in the Pedro Martinez era. So I'm going to go ahead and say Pedro Martinez. That's incorrect. Oh. Will, do you have a guess? My guess is going to be Pedro Martinez, but I guess if I have to off the cuff say anybody, I'll say John Lester. No, it would be. It would. It was the John Lester era. Josh Beckett. It was Josh nice. Beckett in 2007. 2007. Yeah, Ooh. he he second in the Cy Young that year to CC. All right, yes, the sir. Indians CC Sabathia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, hey, people forget that CC was a was a member of the Brewers. Yeah, for like half a year. Put a run with the team on his back. <laughs> hey, he had a great half a season there. Jack, you go ahead. All right, I'm got? up. Okay, this is for either of you. Okay. okay, probably Steve because I don't think that I think that Jacob would have this off the top of his head. Uh-huh. Uh, the 2015 Mets postseason record. <laughs> All right, so they. They went five with the Dodgers, so that's three and two. They swept the Cubs, and then they lost in five to the to the uh, Royals. To the Royals. So, so record I, of you, you, come on. This is this, I, I was told there math. would be no math. I have to do math here. <laughs> right. So baseball is math. So three, three plus two. four plus one. They won eight games and they lost four two four two uh, six. No plus four ten eight and ten. Eight and six. They lost. Oh, right, right. Zero in the in the championship. Yeah, yeah. Wait, but did they win the wild card game that year? No, they won. Okay. So eight and six. They won the East. Eight and six. Yeah, that's true. All right. There you go. Eight and six. Nicely done. I knew that. I went to game two of the NLCS when they shelled Arietta. Oh, that was great. All right, you're up. All right, I'm, I'm, up, I'm so. scared for these questions because no, yeah, the, these questions were we were going through these pregame or pre or pre-show rather, and Steve just had the most ridiculous right, questions right, yeah, like I'm the last. Yeah, yeah. Right, here, don't come in here, here, bro. Here, this is for Jack. Okay, good. Uh, prior to John Lester, who was the last Red Sox pitcher to throw a no hitter? Clay Buckholtz. All right, yeah, wow, yeah, nice. 2007 against the Orioles, his nice. second ever start. Oh, okay. All right. Curveball. Wow. Curveball oh, to um, uh, Braves outfielder Nick Markakis. And the game. Nick Markakis nice. was not on the Braves at that point. No, Nick, he currently on the Braves. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't the O's. All right. I got one. Well, September uh, 3rd, 2007. Is that the date? I don't even know. I think it is. I'll ask whoever. Uh, when was the last year that the Mets had more than four All Stars? More than four. First, they've, first they've, year that came to mind was 06, but it probably was recent, more recent than that. I feel like maybe there was one year between 06 and now where they had more. Well, hmm. there have been a couple years with four. With four, well, it wasn't. What was recently? It wasn't in 2015 because Cespedes didn't join the roster until after. I feel like 06 they had a bunch. Oh, 06, 07, or 08 because they had Reyes. No, 06 they had like Reyes, Beltran, Wright, Billy Wagner, uh, Martinez. Maybe I feel like Loduca maybe was even an All Star that year. Possibly, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna say 06. It was 06. Let's go. Loduca was. Can you? How many can you name just off the cuff? Was it six? It was six. Yeah. Reyes. Yep. Right? Yep. Beltron? Yes. Loduca was one. Yep. Um, Had to be Pedro. Pedro Martinez. Pedro was an all-star, yeah. Tom Glavin? Yes. Okay. Six for six. Is. Impressive. All right. Impressive. I am going to hit Will Fowler with right, a Yankees question. Um, huh, okay. Alex Rodriguez was suspended for the entire 2014 mm-hmm. season. 
who led the Yankees in game started at third base at third in base 2014. 2014. Can I, I think I have a guess. Well, I, think I, I, I didn't ask you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it could be. I think. Dude, it wasn't Chase Headley. They got Chase <laughs> Headley. Chase Headley is close. Yeah, I'm 2014. It could have been. That's a good question. So they got Prado at the deadline that year. I don't think it was Prado. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go a little off radar and say Eduardo Nunez. It was not Eduardo Nunez. Who was it? It was the man who was traded. <laughs> okay, so. There was the guy who started the most games at third base right. in 2014. Number two was Chase Headley because Chase Headley was traded to the Yankees was it in Solarte? July 2014 for... Yo, Harvest Solarte. Yeah, Harvest Solarte, All right. Oh, yes. Oh, no, I remember. Okay, That's, yeah. All right. That's a good question. I loved him. All right. Another mess question. Jacob DeGrom's rookie year, 2014. Correct. One rookie of the year. Correct. What was his ERA and oh, record? Oh, come on. I hate these questions. Like, come on, who, who memorizes down to the number? Connor Byrne might. I don't know. ERA was like a two four. <laughs> no, all right, I'll, I'll give you like I'll give you like a plus questions. plus point ten, plus minus point ten. Two, I'm four. gonna say he had a three three ERA, and was seven and five. That I I understand why that question was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he had a two six nine, and it was nine and six. Fantastic. The guy who, cool. the guy who can win a thousand signings <laughs> and never win above ten games. Glad we did that. <laughs> All right. That, yeah, I will never ask another. I will not ask another question. Right. Like that. I, I want to swing this to Will Fowler. All right, let's um, do it. Who was who? Which Yankee hit the first home run at the new Yankee Stadium? Ooh. Oh, that's question. a great. That's question. a good. That's that a good a trivia great question. question. Not like what was Derek Jeter's batting average in two thousand two? Like, okay, I understand that. <laughs> I understand. That. I, I thought it was going to be good at the time because he won Rookie say, of the Year. Can I ask for a hint? Like a very minor hint? Is he like a, like a household name? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say it was Alex Rodriguez. It was not. Was it Brett Gardner? No. Derek Jeter? No. Robinson Cano? <laughs> no. Who? Jorge Posada. Ooh. Oh, Jorge I was going to say Nick Swisher. Nick Swisher? I was going to say Nick Swisher was on the top of my tongue, too. For Ohio, Nick Swisher? All right. All right. You guys are I got, I got one more. This one I hope you guys would get. All right. Um, if, it's, if it's too vague, we'll zone in. How many times has a Met won a batting title? Once. Who was it? It was... Lance Johnson? Nope. No. He led, he led the league in hits. He led the league in hits. Batting Ray? title, Jose Reyes, 2011. Yeah, Jose Reyes, of course. Nice. Nicely done. I have a good one. This is for Jack Maine. Jonathan Papelbon, yep. as we know, oh. was the Red Sox closer from 2006 through 2011. Yep. Led the team in saves each of those years. Can you name the team leader in saves in either 2005, which was one year before Papelbon took over as closer? Mm hmm. Or 2012, which was one 2012? year after. Alfredo Aceves. Very good. Nice. Oh, wow. That was a good war, job. War 91. Cool. Good job. The only, team, the only player in team history to wear number 91. Fun fact, I saw Alfredo Aceves start a game for the Scranton-Wilkesbury Yankees. Triple-A <laughs> Scranton. Yeah, they I remember he game. got into a fight. Uh, he got into a brawl in the World Baseball Classic yeah, in 2013, I think. Yeah, he was a hothead. <laughs> all right, you guys are up. Um, all right, I, I guess, no more, I guess so. I'm up. Oh, you don't have anything else? Oh, uh, yeah, I saw three. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. This one's for this one's for Jacob because Baseball Reference actually didn't have the official answer to this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good way to start off. Stuff the guru. <laughs> what did the Mets receive in a trade for Darnell Cecilini? It's uh, Daryl Siciliani. Yes, <laughs> I believe they traded him to the Blue Jays. They did. And I'm if I recall, there were no other players involved. I think it was straight cash. So it did say player to be named later or, or cash. cash and it was cash and it ended up being cash okay i i was that was honestly just <laughs> a, I, didn't, I didn't know if there was ever a player there was no player to be named later um is that trade still open then no they no. got cash they got cash i think it's like okay. a six month period where if there's no player then it's just cash <laughs> what if they get their player to be named later in 2020 for garen cecilia <laughs> the player to be named later is currently in fourth grade <laughs> <laughs> well it, um wasn't there a time that like an, uh, an a's pitcher was was dealt to a team for like one dollar it was either a player to be named, player to be named later or cash and it was like a one dollar trade do you have one more good one because i have one more good one so uh, my, my last one is my I last one's kind of good crappy. ones but you go ahead okay for for Will. In 2008, the Yankees drafted Garrett Cole in the first round. They did not sign him. Mm -hmm. Because of that, they received a compensation draft oh, pick. Oh, dude. In 2009, who did they select with in that compensation pick? The hint is that he was a, quote, top prospect for a very long time and 
absolutely did not pan out. <laughs> Drew Hensley. I think he did play maybe 10 games in the majors, um, but he did not pan out as a... In 09. First round pick. Probably broke into the majors in like 2011, 2012. I'm going to say... You definitely, you'll definitely know the name. Will I? The first name that came to mind was Slade Heathcott. Bingo. Nice. Slade Heathcott. <laughs> Slade Heathcott wow. was selected with the compensation wow. draft pick for failing to sign Garrett He Cole. was a 40-man roster invite on uh, in 2015. Hit a walk-off home run against Toronto. That was his only big Yankee moment. All right, Jack, what do wow. you got? This one's this one's kind of similar to my Jacob deGrom question. I'll ask it anyway because I have nothing Ugh. else. <laughs> How many hits did the Mets have against the Giants in the 2016 wildcard game? 24. Wasn't it like they had two? Actually, they had like three or four. Ty Kelly had one. Um, they had one extra base. TJ Rivera had one. Oh my god! Well, I remember because how of how few hits there were. And Connor yeah, Gillespie's home run. Four. I think yeah. Wasn't it ten in a game? Ty Kelly. Yeah. No. no. Nine. Yeah. Because Bumgarner versus Syndergaard and the Giants Gillespie home run the ninth. Top of the ninth. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was the top of the tenth. All right. I have one last question for Will. Okay. Dude, I just got one. I'm happy. That's the why Yankees I to do are the first team to hit three grand slams in one game. Who were the three Yankees that hit the home runs? Oh, Curtis actually, Anderson. I think I, I, think I yep. could get this. Hit one. Russell Martin hit one. He yep. had three homers that game. And the third one, this was against Oakland yep. on, I believe, August 22nd. I don't know the day, but who was <laughs> okay. the third guy? Robinson Cano. <laughs> I know because I was supposed to go to this game. I think the third was Robinson Cano. It was Robinson Cano. Yeah. Very good, guys. I remember that game, actually. Yeah, I have yeah. a few, they won like uh, in 22 to 4. I have, I have a few other, like, like ass backwards questions. So, like, for example, uh, oh, my goodness. Who here? So I kind of want to know these. So A Rod was traded to the Yankees in 2004. The Red right. Sox had a counter offer to the Texas oh, Rangers. Yes. Who, who was the prime time Manny guy? Manny Ramirez and John Lester. Yeah, there was Manny, John Lester, and, I, and the the other guy was a player. Was, was it Nomar? I don't think it was Nomar. No, it, no, it was two prospects. One of them was John Lester, though. Do you, do you have any others? One more. Know? Was this going to wrap up? Yeah, the show? yeah, yeah. This is going to wrap the One show. One more, and it also has to do with compensation draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> in 2011, the, draft picks. in 2011, the Red Sox received two compensation draft picks because Adrian Beltre signed with the yep, Texas yep, Rangers. Yep, yep. I already know who they are. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Henry Owens knows. and Blake Swihart. One of those was correct. Oh no! Oh. You got to you got to guess which one. Blake, <laughs> Bla- oh. No, Blake Swihart was correct. Uh, Jackie Bradley. Nice. There it is, boys. There you go. Well done. Yeah, this was fun. This was a little impromptu. Joel Agrippa was supposed to be here, but you know what? Uh, out. Will Fowler, out. That makes me feel Will good. Will Fowler was okay. just as electric, if not more electric. This is a good so. time. I had fun. Be yeah. sure to listen to uh, Crosstown Rivals, Jacob Resnick, Joel Agrippa, as well as uh, London's Finest yes, with sir. Will Fowler and Co. What the uh, show at? Will Fowler, Andrew Myers, Jonathan Banks. It's Tuesdays at 4. The only place on WQAQ, I'm going to do a little plug. The only place on WQAQ, including you guys, no offense, that you can hear live Game analysis as it happens. We do that with the Champions League every I Tuesday. Love wow. Actually, love that. Opening day is going to be during our show. Are you going to do it? <laughs> so we go. might be watching the Yankees there game. You go. Well, there you go. guys. Thank you guys. And you know what? Honestly, sorry. Her, Mondays at seven. I know Mondays at seven is a great time to do it. Let me just plug that. Thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you, thank guys. you guys so much for listening to the Mac and Main Show from the Bleachers with Dan Ball, Matt McAuliffe, and Co. Is up next. You are listening to ninety-eight point one WQAQ. Thank you for listening to the Mac and Main Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Mac and Main and like us on Facebook for updates about the show, news, and highlights around the world of sports. Make sure to listen to us Monday nights at 7 p.m. on 98.1 WQAQ or stream us live at WQAQ.com.